Hello and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I am honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. You go to that uh, site, you will find two links. The first is our podcast uh, listing, let's call it. The, this show should be, again, I, I can't predict the future or when you'll be going there, but the, the likelihood is if you go to the podcast list now, wherever, whatever now is in, in, uh, in, the, in the future, Time keeps on slipping into the future. Well, this would be the first show at the top of the podcast. And you, you guys get what I'm going for with that. Uh, the, the second link, however, is the Radio Loop. That is a uh, non-stop loop of this show running in a loop on a separate computer, which you access by hitting that second link, and you pick up the show at whatever point it happens to be. You get interested in it. You listen to what, what's being said, what I'm saying. Maybe if I have a guest, what the guest is saying. You like what you're hearing. You get to the end, and geez, how did that all start? Well, stick around, because it being a loop, it will restart usually in like three or four seconds. Not enough time to wonder whether or not it will restart. Uh, you'll hear the theme music pick up again and join us. Stick around. Either way, we're very glad to have you and especially glad to have you on a Friday uh, where David Bach will be joining us in our second segment this morning. Um, it is the 21st of July in the year 2023, and what I'm what I'm noticing this is I, I just I was I, I must tell you the, the preparing especially for the Friday show. Um, there's a lot of thought that goes into this and there's reading and there's and there's considering what would be uh within the context of the show and the shows we've been doing recently what is consistent inconsistent with the type of information we've been putting out uh what is interesting to you what is meaningful politically what is hopeful Remember, this is uh, center-left radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. It's, it's trying to focus in on a particular topic or maybe a, a short set of topics that will both hold your interest and prove to be meaningful within the context, I would say now, the real context we have is whether or not we want to preserve American democracy. We, we've said this for an awfully long time now, and I, was, I remember being shocked when I first found myself saying this. Uh, it, it took maybe about, uh, it probably, we were probably a good two years into the Trump, uh, the Trump uh, presidency before I actually got to the point 
where I found myself saying, and we were ahead of most other sources in saying this, you can't have Trump and America. At least you can't have America as a constitutional Jeffersonian, Madisonian democracy in any form like how we experience it or have experienced it. If you, you, you just can't have Donald and have America. It, it, the two are absolutely antithetical. Donald doesn't want that America. Donald wants power. He wants control. He proved that and has continued to prove that since the 2020 election. He proved it during his presidency, uh, quite frankly, in any number of occasions, but certainly has proved it since his presidency in his willingness to destroy the Constitution, destroy, destroy uh, our electoral process, the election process, and everything else that goes with it, perpetuating a lie, uh, fomenting an insurrection. It goes on and on, all of the, all of the uh all of the nuclear secrets and everything, on and on and on and on. The guy just isn't about America. He isn't about our laws. Nothing applies to him. All that matters is what lets him get his way. The people who love him are fine with this. It doesn't matter that he would have to take apart the system of government we live under in order to have his way. That, that's never mattered to about 30% of the people in the United States at any given time. By any, by, any, by any polling activity, by any standards by which it's done, there's always, within a functional democracy, there is perpetually a group out there who would take the place apart simply because that's always an option within a functional democracy. It has its own, uh, it has a dead, well, it had, I guess I, would, I was going to call it a dead man's switch. It's not. It's a self-destruct button. But that's part of the definition. You choose to have a functional democracy just, and, and, and part of the choices is the possibility of choosing not to have it, to undo it. It's there. It's a functional part. So to, to basically recognize that there's a group out there of roughly the size one would anticipate at any given point in our history that is willing to accept, accept somebody to elevate someone without any concern whatsoever for what it is that person would do to the country, it should not come as a, as a great shock. But we, we are perpetually reminding, well, we're not reminding ourselves, no. Our media, certainly on the left, is preoccupied with the notion of how could anyone possibly be for Donald Trump. And yes, logically, reasonably, constitutionally based-ishly, there's no reasonable way, and I, and I use that, and I use that in a, in a very specific sense. It's not reasonable. It's not constitutionally rational. It's not legally defensible to be 
for Donald Trump because Donald Trump is not for the Constitution, for law, for all of those constitutionally defensible things that are required if we're going to maintain America as a, as a structural, uh, functional democracy. You, you can't be both. But... It's part of the American experience. The difference, of course, is that you have a former president, a piece of garbage, but still a former president who basically is leading the charge to attack and take down and hurt and destroy and take apart everything about the existing governmental structure that doesn't give him precisely what he wants in his own life. Okay, that's where we are. We've been there for a while. Now, on any given day of the week, you're going to hear people say stuff you're going to maybe read a poll. And as we've said on so many recent shows, center-left radio shows, we are, we are in an environment where we are encouraged, we are told, we, we, our interest is piqued, we are kept glued to the set, we are, we are made and kept loyal to a particular news outlet, a cable channel, so by the notion that whatever is happening at this very moment must be extrapolated outward to the future. The moment is indicative of and even ultimately dispositive of whatever the future may be. And if it's not, we should at least be insanely worried about it if it's not going our way. Now, is, is that rational? I, I, I would argue, no, it's not. You can't extrapolate 15 months into the future, and that's when the election is, 15 months from now, from any given moment in time in the present, expect it to be an accurate extrapolation, an accurate picture of what the future is, and you can't expect people, you can't ask yourself, to be completely emotionally invested in the notion that whatever it is you're focusing on today is in fact, is in fact totally dispositive of the future. It is an image of the future, or at least it's a warning that should make us feel extremely, extremely uncomfortable if it's not giving us a positive moment. That makes no sense whatsoever, okay? There, there, there's nothing rational there. I, wh wh what do you mean there's nothing rational? Okay, okay. Let's, let's put a bracket around maybe the last 24 hours or so, okay? Now, you, you, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, the House minority leader right now Dem for the Democrats, calls accurately calls the Republican conference, the majority, uh, a malignant clown show that is not interested in doing anything in the way of helping the American people or helping all the American people simply in promoting uh, debunk, totally debunkable or 
ulti- or ultimately already debunked uh, conspiracy theories in its support and its irrational support of Donald Trump and its fear of the baser. Words to that effect. I, I may be extrapolating a little bit beyond what I heard of him saying in that situation. Accurate? <coughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. At the same, I, th- I think this, I think that came up when at the same time there was a hearing that the Republicans in the House held yesterday and they brought in none other than RFK Jr. and got him to start talking about his favorite conspiracy theories involving uh, lies and total lies that he claims he has the medical knowledge and all of the other knowledge needed to state about what was said about the COVID vaccines and how they were actually, I don't know, bad or they were used, whatever. And the Republicans brought him in. So Jeffrey's talking about a clown show. The Republicans bringing in RFK Jr. Where does it go from there? Um, oh, we find out that uh, uh, Ellie Weinstein, who was one of the really slimy, slimy Ponzi scheme crooks that Trump pardoned. You know, he, he pardoned Manafort and he pardoned Flynn and and uh, and Roger Stone and all these people. You know, it's, it's scumbags. Really, the worst of the worst of the worst. But. He, Weinstein basically had, uh, had done a $200 million Ponzi scheme in which he mostly was bilking members of the uh, Orthodox Jewish community. It's sort of, sort of like the other guy that, uh, you know, that died in prison there and all that stuff, you know. Um, but, but now it winds up that even after being pardoned for that, well, he just got indicted again, but this time only for a $35 million Ponzi scheme, or I don't know if it was a Ponzi scheme, but bilking investors for $35 million, claiming that he had uh, access to the biggest pile of COVID masks. Remember when that was necessary, that the, the N95s or whatever it was? Is that at the N95? And, and then a rare baby food formula that couldn't be gotten. And here, give me your money. We're going to make a ton of money, et cetera, et cetera. I take it that stuff is kind of old hat. So these are indictments that are coming up later. This is another one of the people that Donald, that Donald f- set free. This is, this is who Donald is. This is part of the story. This is all within one 24-hour bracket. Okay? Now, now... You go on from there, and there is a Monmouth poll released yesterday, all right? And the poll says that in a head-to-head, right now, at this moment in time, 15 months out, Biden would beat Trump by, by five points, which is probably a, a reasonable predictor <laughs> and it's even a larger number than, let's say, it was about oh a month ago. There were, there were there were polls that were out that actually had them neck and neck. I think there was one where Trump might have actually been a point ahead at some point. Okay, now, now that. And, and, and then you have another poll that comes out, again, yesterday, or within this 24-hour bracket, that says in a three-party matchup, if you were to add a third party, to the 2024 race. 
Well, that that five point uh, lead that's suggested by uh, the Monmouth poll for for Biden actually grows to something like eight points. But as much as 30 percent of the country would consider voting for a third party candidate. Now we're 15 months out. Okay, which would mean which would mean that unless Biden utterly trounced Trump or unless the third party candidates win was so diffused and or among states, the winner, presumably Joe Biden, might not get the total number of electoral votes needed. Is it 270? Is that is that the number? in order to go ahead and actually win the presidency. And no one began talking about that, but of course I'm, I'm doing the math over here. I saw Janet Palmieri, who, who had been Hillary Clinton's uh, strategist for the, for the election, for the 2016 election, get on then and say that we shouldn't feel all that good about uh, a third-party candidacy because probably even though right now on a purely grossed-up number level, it seems to go in Biden's direction, it could actually go the other way as this is all in one 24-hour period. And each one of these competing stories or each one of these uh, layered stories, one upon the other, is encouraging you, the viewer, the listener, to extrapolate outward and assume or, or develop, a, develop an image of the, 24, the 2024 election and its outcome purely from whichever one of those stories you want to latch onto. And I, and I go back and I add the same caveat, or the same question at least, as we added, as we use in the beginning of the show here. Does this make sense? Can you take any one of the stories that I just mentioned and extrapolate outward and say, yep, what just happened, what I read about today, what I saw today, this, the information I just got, that is absolutely dispositive of what's going to happen in 2024. There's no way that anything could intervene to change anything between now and then that would, not, that would make what I just mentioned, or pick any one of those stories, that will actually be what will happen in November of 2024. Does that make sense? No, of course not. Of course it doesn't make sense. Oh, here's another one, another one. Doesn't matter how many times Trump gets indicted. Donald can, they can indict him a thousand. Yeah, well, all the stuff that he was doing while he was, the, the scandal du jour and everything else, well, after a while, it just all, it became such a muddle that basically no matter what happened, you forget about the last one and when the next one comes up. And the effort, therefore, the, the notion is that you can analogize criminal federal indictments with prison time tacked on 
to whatever uh, scandal du jour was going on within the White House while Donald was sullying its presence. That, that, that the two are perfectly compatible. And therefore, well, the therefore, is that America really just isn't going to care about the different indictments and, and, some, and, and by implication, the trials that follow and everything that happens, you can't touch the guy. Oh, my God, let's start wringing our hands and let's extrapolate outward from that self-defeating thought to November of 2024 and let's begin fearing, fearing exactly what we're supposed to be fearing, exactly what Donald and his ilk would like us to fear, that he's coming back no matter what. The, the, the notion that he perpetually is trying to put across because, get ready, it's all he's got. Okay, here's stuff that you can extrapolate outward from. Let's try some truly extrapolatable stuff. You can go to any one of the criminal indictments that Donald Trump has been, uh, that have been dropped on him, and you may reasonably extrapolate to a conviction and a sentencing, including if not prison time, it should include prison because that's what normally would be included for, these, for the crimes that he's committed. But take Mar-a-Lago, take, well, you could take New York, you could take, uh, you can take what's coming up very shortly now, uh, you can take the January 6th uh, uh, indictments that will be coming down, the, the story is going as early as next week. You can take the Fannie Willis indictment uh, from, Alep, from, um, from Georgia, <clears throat> which is supposed to be coming in the first week of August. We're hearing that right now. And you can, you can reasonably extrapolate from that to a conviction and the likelihood of some form of punitive sentencing that would impede two things. Donald's ability to run for president or his capacity to serve as president. Okay? You can, now, you, you can negate that, if you like, with the notion that uh, Eileen Cannon still hasn't ruled on when the actual case will begin uh, in uh, in, 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 uh, for the uh, Mar-a-Lago document case, and that my God, because she, because she's in Trump's pocket and has proven what a what a what a blithering ass of a judge she is, and has no idea really how to run a case, much less a case of this size, magnitude, and 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 type with all these secret documents and everything else, even though the government has already said we only need 21 days to present, it's that straightforward. There's really only 4,000 pages of material that the defense needs to review, not the 800,000 they claim, which is mostly uh, uh, headers and footnotes and everything else, but the, but the gut material is 4,000 pages, a reasonable sum for any criminal trial and any criminal group of attorneys to be able to review in time. No, no, Aileen Cannon is going to screw up again 
And who knows what will happen if they try to review that with the with the appellate circuit there and everything. And, yeah, they've put her down twice. But probably Trump will get away with it. And now watch your brain. Get ready. Here goes your brain. And no matter what, it'll just get mushed up and muddled up. And it'll, blah, 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 and it'll all be a lie. And he'll eventually, he won't win, but he'll say he won. And we're going to have another insurrection. You get that? No. No, stop. Stop. Slow down. Deep breath. Deep breath. Everybody. You can reasonably extrapolate from any one of the criminal indictments coming against Trump to a criminal, uh, to a finding of criminality and to the imposition of a penalty commensurate with the conviction, i.e. jail time. When people are given jail time, they are supposed to serve it. Now, the, here's some unknowns for you. How will that affect his ability to continue running for president? Eileen Cannon can't control the New York case. She can't control Georgia. She can't control, uh, she won't be able to control the, Mar the, uh, the January 6th case that will be brought within the next week or so. She can't control the timing on all that. And his lawyers can try to do whatever the hell they want. But you can reasonably assume, it's reasonable to assume, that at least one, if not more, of those criminal cases will be actually tried prior to the election, and at least one will produce a conviction before then. That is a reasonable inference and extrapolation from what we know now. Now, here's a question. Do we understand, do any of us know what the implications of that will be, of the finding of criminality, of the imposition of a sentence on someone who claims to be running for office. Let's try another thought process, another thought game, if you will. If 30% of the American people are saying they'd be willing to go for a third party at this point in time, knowing only that there have been indictments brought against Donald, what will that do to Donald? What will that tendency, uh, well, and, 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 and obviously to get to that point where there's 30%, Donald had to give up uh, what was this? It was a Brighton at 30. Donald had to give up 13 points in that poll. Now, again, snapshot from yesterday. Donald loses 13% of the American electorate if a third party comes in. Biden loses uh, 8%. Okay, we don't know where that would leave you in terms of the total electoral vote. Forget that. What would that do? What would happen? How would the movement towards a third party, how would a subtraction of votes from Donald 
be impacted, if it's impacted the way it is right now, and he's simply, simply been indicted for criminality, and there's more indictments coming, what do you think is a reasonable inference, a reasonable extrapolation. And, and you can have reasonable extrapolation. Not all extrapolations are pie-in-the-sky idiocy, but you can have reasonable extrapolations. What do you think will happen when there's a trial and all of the shit is hitting the fan all over the place and there's a conviction and there's a sentencing? What do you think that's going to do to his ability to run again for president of the United States? What is a reasonable, rational inference to be drawn from, based on what we know so far, about how people are reacting at a moment in time based on the knowledge they have about indictments coming down. And add to that, again, the actual trials, convictions, and sentencing. What is a reasonable assumption about whether or not people will be favorable to a Trump presidency to voting for him. Will more people want to vote for Donald if he's convicted? Will everybody suddenly, will the country rally to Donald because he basically is being so badly treated? Is it, there, there's a fear. There, there's a, my God, they're all suddenly going to rally around him. If we convict him, there'll be a rally around him. Yesterday, here's another thing I forgot to add. Donald said, if I'm in prison, look out. Look out to what will happen in the country. You see, he's thinking about it too. It's on his mind. But is that reasonable to say, if you actually bring justice to my doorstep and say, my new doorstep is gonna be walking into a cell at night, then look out, America. Is, is, that, is that reasonable? Well, there are people who will be upset and angry, but what will they be able to do? Is it reasonable that to assume that what, they're going to what, raid the prison, take him out, and put him in the White House. They will uh, stop all forms of government in America. Everything will end. People will decide that they can no longer have America if Donald is absolutely taken out of the picture. Or might it be more reasonable to assume that with Donald officially, legally, out of the picture, the greatest fear of all the other politicians in the country, the fear that, they, that the base can control them because basically the base is for Donald, and now with no more Donald, they will still be beholden to Donald, the base will still hold every politician in America uh, to the standard of are you for or against Donald? That Donald from prison 
will be able to control the base, that the federal prison system will allow him unfettered communication to everybody in America to keep his social media structure going, to allow him to continue to infect our system, that, that, but that after putting him away for the horrible things he's done, we will encourage him to make it even worse than it was before because now he does it from a position of true grievance. He's sitting in a cell or he's somehow in any in some other way incapacitated or restricted. You think it's reasonable to assume that the federal system will allow that sort of thing. Is that reasonable? No! Of course it's not reasonable. The reasonable things that can happen all basically, and based on what we actually know, is that a guy who is getting slathered in criminal indictments is going to be convicted of at least one of the crimes. By the way, on the Mar-a-Lago side, I, I, I find myself repeating this regularly, that one of the Mar-a-Lago crimes carries with it and I forget if it's mandatory, yeah, I believe it's a mandatory uh, penalty. If you're convicted, you will never be able to hold any off elected office in the United States again. I don't remember if it's a federal, if it was federal or state, but probably federal. But you can never hold federal office again. Period. End of story. Done. Completed. Just get that through. Finish it. Oh, 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 Eileen, Eileen will never allow that part of the sentence appeal it instantaneously, and of course it will be held up. Of course that sentencing will re be, 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 be basically converted uh, and, and, and will be augmented to include the penalty stipulated by law. I know it's a, it, you know, you don't, it depends on how, how slimy, how bought and paid for is she? Is she another Clarence Thomas? Is she, a, is she, a, is she an Alito? How bad? How bad a judge is she? I don't know. But we've already seen that she can be overruled, as we saw what happened when she completely erroneously chose a special, uh, a special master to have to review all of the uh, documents from Mar-a-Lago first, completely overruled by the Second Circuit, not once but twice by the Eleventh Circuit. Okay, so, come on, people. What's reasonable? The only, the only foreseeable, reasonable, extrapolatable, rational thing that anyone can say right now with, with some degree of certitude, 15 months out, is that between now and the election, Donald will very likely be tried, convicted, and sentenced on some criminal charges. And if that's the case, it will have an impact on any ability he might otherwise have to win or serve as president. And when he loses or when he's taken off the playing field and he begins to attempt to go ahead and have a bigger bullshit insurrection than he even had on the original January 6th, what do you think is going to happen? Will he succeed?
Will no one be prepared for that? Will everybody just say, oh, I don't know. We have to see what he's going to do. We don't, I mean, we can't be ready for it. We can't, we can't possibly be better prepared than everybody on earth was around the Capitol that day. We can't possibly have more information about this. We can't possibly be in control of the situation. Bottom, bottom, bottom line. Chill out. Be absolutely concerned. Be motivated. Be prepared to be active. Let your voice be heard. Tell people what you see going on around you. But do not extrapolate your way to fantasy conclusions because, well, it's just what we're expected to do. Democrats, we wring our hands. Republicans, we wring their necks. We go crazy. We don't give a damn. Donald has told us, and, and by the way, this is not all Republicans. It's the Trumpians. But Donald has told us the laws don't affect us. Nothing is real. Anything he says, and I'm, he's the only one who could solve anything, and if he says it's okay, he's going to go ahead and he's going to fix it. The hell with it. No, that's not the way it's going to go. You cannot assume, you cannot extrapolate to disaster based on, a, by, based on another blip of Trumpian self-serving narcissism, clinically, clinically uh, indefensible narcissism. You can't. If you want to focus on anything, just calmly look at the indictments, look at what is at stake for his freedom, because I promise you that's what his lawyers are doing and that's what he's doing when he's not bullshitting his brains out and lying over and over and trying to maintain the same facade because that's all he's got, a facade. I will take the reality of the legal system over Donald's facade any damned day of the week. And I would simply posit to you the notion that so should you. Don't worry. Uh, uh, Douglas Adams, God rest his soul, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, on the inner cover, on, on, the, uh, on the inner page, I think it's the publish, behind the publishing page, two words. And they're put in, in italics, as I recall, depending, I guess, depending on the version, on, on, the, on the edition of the book. Don't panic. Don't panic. Be conscious. Be aware. Be rational. Be understanding of what is going on. Do not be overwhelmed by the bullshit, and especially by Trump's, but our own media, too. Don't get caught there. Look at the facts. Look at what is making Donald frightened. It is the legal system playing out as it's supposed to be playing out. And it is. Focus on that. And if you can, take deep breaths. I'm quite serious about this part. Meditate. Find a way to relax. 
to basically get within to be to find mindfulness the eightfold path the buddhist path one of the most critical steps is to achieve mindfulness mindfulness the the absence of or the the the, the surrendering of the irrelevant and the acceptance of nothing as reality i could get into a i could get into a whole statement about this and and just how how falsely we base our our thought processes our fears everything else how how much i still do this myself i i i with, with whatever knowledge i have uh, we are it, it's a constant you don't learn it once you have to live you have to live the knowledge that you've gained. You have to remind yourself. That's why we have ritual, to basically bring ourselves back to where we can and should be, to create, to, to, to tap into our better angels, to, be, to better ourselves, to form a more perfect union within ourselves as well as without ourselves. Don't panic. Please. It's 15 months out. Focus on the stuff that matters. Focus on the stuff with real world consequences. Focus on his indictments and what can happen to him because it most likely will. And all the rest is what it's always been. Pure, unadulterated, Bullshit. It's the truth. Relax. Have a nice. It, it's it's it's. It was raining up. To, well, the rains the rain stopped. That's wonderful. There were thunderstorms going through a few moments ago. Supposed to come back later today. Well, then again, it is it is mid July. It's also my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, big guy. Um, I have to let him know that in a few minutes. Got to get in touch with him after the show. But uh, well. As we celebrate my brother's birthday and, and we think about things rational and we anticipate uh, David Bach joining us in the next segment, I think this would be a perfect moment. Sit back and relax, maybe even meditate with a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident and as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. We're back, and you are listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer. It is the Friday show. You know what comes next. Why, why, why mince words? David, what's on your mind? Well, there's a lot. Um, and if you want to hear more, you can follow me on Twitter at Faces and Ideas. No. Um, look, we don't talk about this enough, but let's, let's, let's go over some of the wins that the Republicans have had in the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, let's start with uh, Rand Paul. Ah. Uh, Rand Paul made the news recently because he uh, they were doing a um, I want to say it was a monopoly hearing on the live golf thing, and it somehow became about college sports. And Rand Paul decided to, to talk about how oh you know if we we start treating them like their their employees and giving them money, we're going to end up with rap stars instead of basketball players. You know just. Blatant racism. Normal, so, normal, uh, when, normal Rand Paul stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, but let, let's stay in the Senate because Tommy Tuberville has had a, himself uh, a nice two weeks. Uh, let's start with him again defending white supremacists. Of this course, is like the, of course, of course. The third time he is he's defended it because there's there. This is like legitimately a thing that there is a issue with recruitment in the army with white supremacists uh-huh. and he keeps conflating them directly to Trump supporters, uh-huh. which also has an overlap, but he just keeps saying like, I don't know what a white supremacist is, but you keep calling people that and they're Trump supporters. So, um, but here's the, the other thing that, uh, Tommy Tupperville is doing. 
he is single-handedly holding up, I think it's like 180 military promotions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, this is this is certainly getting more attention than some of the other things that individual senators do. Um, I know uh, Josh Hawley was a, was holding uh, a whole bunch of nominees up because I think it was like Sherrod Brown told him to shut up or something. Whatever. Um, yeah. Or 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 a nominee told him just something ridiculous. Uh, Rand Paul. Um, I don't know if you remember this early in the Biden administration. There was big hoopla about uh, getting uh, Israel their Iron Dome defending. It had to be done right night right now, and then. The House passed it, and then the nine members who voted against it were considered anti-Semitic. Right. And then right, that was right, the end. Right, Anybody right. heard about it? I recall something about this, yeah. Do you remember what happened to the, the funding after that? Remind me. <laughs> Rand Paul single-handedly held it up for six months, and nobody said anything about it. <laughs> because nothing six... matters. Nothing really matters now. Well, no. Not to these people, it, anyway. Yeah. Well, we'll get to this, too, because um, we'll talk about anti-Semitism. Um, but, uh, the thing that the Tuberville is, is standing against the thing that he is leaving the Marines without a commandant for the first time, like a hundred years is, um, if they have policy that, uh, if you have an, uh, if you have an abortion, they're going to help pay for it. And they're also going to help do gender transition surgery. Right. 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 The problem is they don't like that. They think either. A, women shouldn't be in the army, or or B, that you should be, uh, you should just force to have a kid. Now, the issue with this is, for states that then do not allow for family planning, like Texas or some of these other states, it's harder for the the army to send people there because they cannot, because they can't, you know. They don't want to deal in those circumstances because right, right. I don't know if these men know this, but even even you know, ignoring all the internal family members going into somebody having a uh, an abortion, the army has a problem with rape, and if you have to apply for a rape exception from your commanders, sometimes those are the people who raped you. That's exactly like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they they don't want that. Um, so. In states that have stricter or or draconian, because there's the the um, the lawsuit going on in Texas about how uh, they're just getting people killed and hurt because of these laws. Yeah, um, you're going to have a harder time doing a military presence for those bases because it's going to be harder for the the army and the marines and the navy to place people there. Because of the way that you treat them, people aren't going to want to go there with their families. Or, rec- or recruit no. them in the first place. Yes. Um, also, now this ties into their other big win. They passed the NDN, uh, their version of the NDNA, um, and it had took both of those things out. Huh. So, look, they the thing that's going to hurt Army readiness is not the existence of trans people or or woke ideology or, you know, whatever. It's this type of shit. Yeah, of course. That's going to impact things. Like, that's that's exactly what it is. So it should be noted that the party of the military has is is destroying the chain of command and affecting recruitment. So um, I guess cry about wokeness more, but that's not going to be it. Yeah. Um, another good thing is 
uh, Texas. Texas is doing a wonderful job at the border. I don't know if you, I don't remember if it was Paul Publica or Texas Tribune who wrote the story about um, the new flotation uh, wall. Um, this is a, they basically set up netting to drown people. And this is not an exaggeration. Wait, it's they so did, set up what around them? Say again? The Texas border has set up uh, nets. In right. The in, in, the, in, the, in the water or on land? In the water. It's ah. solely designed to drown people. Ah, surround and drown, I, I imagine. Something like and that. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're literally pushing people back into the water for them to drown. Like, like this is not this is a quarter of all. Now, 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 I I heard this. I heard that that there was, and someone said there was video of of a border patrol person pushing someone back into the water. I, if they were pushing them back into the water, presumably they had somehow made it back to the Texas side, or maybe I got that wrong. Maybe they were in the process of swimming or waiting or or whatever the the, the situation was. But the thing is, they were going to be forced to stay in the water and, of course, run the risk of getting tangled up in a net and God knows what the hell can happen at that point. So is, yes. this, is this, in fact, this actually is a law or a rule or a procedure it, or something? It's a, it's a thing that they're implementing, which is worth pointing out that border crossings have dropped precipitously since the removal of 42, yeah. out of 42. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, Tex uh, can Texas put up its own law, its, create its own immigration law? Uh, I, I'm sure that the U.S. Border Patrol wouldn't approve of that. Can Texas summarily and individually and unilaterally create a rule that says we can push people back in the water? I have no idea. Yeah, I, 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 I would. My, I would my, see, here's no. my, my guess is, my guess is, David, they can't. So, so what's going to happen is this is... Have you heard if this has been challenged yet? I don't know. Yeah, I, I yeah, think the reporting yeah. just came okay, out. Okay, um, okay, okay. Uh, but it's also worth mentioning that Texas has just been, like, under a massive heat waves. Yeah. And the only yeah. thing keeping it, like, relatively functioning, at least its grid, is green energy. Yeah. So they should uh, probably expand that. Uh, what a delightful see, what irony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So let's talk about their hearings. So they had two hearings. Um, and let's talk about the second one first. So the second one, no, no, no the first one. The first one was their um, their big whistleblower hearing, which it's it's worth mentioning that the uh, week before this, their their uh, their big whistleblower who had come out, the, the Galuf, um, you know, he was a big, you know, big time whistleblower. He was talking about how he had, you know, Proof on the Bidens. Yeah, sure, well, of course. Yeah. It turns out that Gal Luff is a fugitive from justice. And this is not just because he's, you know, got secrets on the Joe Biden crime family that he came out with. No, Gal Luff was charged uh, last year. He was uh, arrested this year and then he ran away. The things he's connected are is he's basically a Chinese spy. He's, he's been influence peddling and he's been arms stealing. Yeah. Uh, since 2016. <laughs> He's so the, one of the boys. <laughs> so they have been knowingly uh, working with a Chinese spy in order to uh, to get dirt on the uh, Joe Biden, which, if I remember correctly, I believe 
it means that they should be removed from their committees and expelled from Congress, because that's the president they tried to set with their swamp. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I seem to recall the pres, the, 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 the former, the former jerk Donald basically doing a very similar thing or trying to uh, get information out of Ukraine on the Bidens. But and and geez, that got him impeached. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Well, we're going to talk about that yeah, because there, yeah. that's the other part. So these these uh, whistleblowers are coming out about. Um, payments and the hunter laptop stuff except they're contradicting their own arguments they're contradicting the arguments of people above them who've already come out multiple times and and debunked these things and then they're 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 arguing against reality now there's something that happened in this in this hearing that is probably going to be the the most uh stunning because the thing that you need to remember about all the, the Hunter Biden hearings is they're all about seeing his penis. Yeah. That, that is the end goal of every Hunter Biden uh, hearing is seeing his penis. Um, when they talk about the, the, the laptop being censored, they're always returning to it, it's revenge porn. That, that's literally what it is. For those of you who don't understand, it is Hunter Biden's laptop, which was basically cloned. And then nudes of him were spread everywhere then twitter stopped those from being seen because it is revenge porn um it hasn't stopped Hannity from showing it two or three times um it also didn't stop marjorie taylor green from showing it um at the congressional hearing and then emailing it to her followers for fundraising now for those of you who are just entirely brain broken say oh well you're fine with porn being shown to elementary school kids that's not what's happening. It's first off, those books that they're claiming are porn are, are usually shown to uh, middle school students and their sex education books, which should be taught to kids anyway. Because if you do not teach them, there's overwhelming evidence that you're that they're more likely to be abused without knowing it. So there's that. Um, the other part of this is, could you imagine if they did this to I don't know Ivanka? <laughs> like, remember? Yeah. yeah. Like, remember one time, I think it was during the first impeachment hearing that um, somebody used Barron's name. They said, um, even though his name is Barron, he's not actually Barron, and they lost their shit. Yeah. Like, could you imagine if they, they just paraded dudes around of Ivanka? Um, but, like, it, it needs to be mentioned again and again. Hunter Biden's private citizen. Hunter Biden was not working in the White House when his father's VP. Hunter Biden's currently not working in the White House. So, yes, while, in, while Hunter Biden probably uh, made a ton of money off of nepotism, yep. he did it as a private citizen. And if you're worried about that, boy, howdy, do I have a, a ton of money that you should look into about people who are actually in the White House based entirely on nepotism and sole goal was to make money for themselves. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Good point. Excellent point. But, but like that's that's the thing. So like if you and like the the and this this goes also to the heart of their their uh, gay people are groomers and trans people are groomers now. Because if you flip this to a trans person, they would lose their mind. Oh um, yeah. Oh rightfully yeah. Rightfully so. Like the the issue here is not. Oh, we're being hypocritical. It's she's doing revenge porn, and in the sane reality, somebody would prosecute her for this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even even if you can't, I think technically she's protected in a, a congressional hearing, but 
I don't think the emails would be protected. Um, the fundraise. There, uh, there, there is, by the way, and and I've I've read some stuff about this in legal sources. This whole, uh, you know, the, the whole protection of congressional members, the whole uh, lack of liability for things you say, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there is a lot of study going on uh, and a lot of effort behind the scenes to basically clamp down on the pure revenge aspect of all this stuff, and especially when it's so probable that the stuff is absolutely, totally untrue. Uh, it, it, it falls into the whole Trumpian way of, of, of thinking and doing and getting away with whatever you can get away with and just pandering to the base, but that's for another day and another topic. Yeah. And then we can move on to the second hearing, which is their RFK silenced by the government. Ah, uh, ah, ah, so, ah. Um, RFK is running as a Democrat, but he's not he's not courting Democrat votes. He's a nine percent favorability, like a sixty nine percent unfavorability. Yeah. Um, but he is technically running. He would technically be running if he's running at all. He's technically running to challenge Joe Biden on the Democratic ticket. That is what he's attempting to do. I gather. Yes. Okay. Um, it's basically, he's basically a, a Democrat for people who are Democrats. Um, honestly, if he ran as a Republican, he'd probably be within 10 points of Trump. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he had a statement or, or maybe this was a recording that was released, um, where he was talking about COVID and he said that that has genetic markers that basically say that it is not targeting Chinese people and Ashkenazi Jews. Now, ah, ah, ah. So, so in other words, the COVID, vac- the COVID disease uh, uh, sidesteps Chinese and us and the Ashkenazim. Ah, ah, yes. ah. Jesus, so, am- amazing the things you learn listening to uh, to RFK Jr. Wow. I mean, the the level of stupid you have to be first off to, to yeah. believe that. Yeah, seeing yeah, that, yeah, 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 the yeah. last like when China opened up, they lost like a billion people a day. For like a week, um, unbelievable. It's just, yeah, and it's also he does. It's it's anti-Semitism that he's peddling, which remember is a big deal because if you um, boycott the Israeli uh, prime minister speaking, that's anti-Semitism. But let let's let's talk about a couple things that aren't anti-Semitism. Bernard K said, uh, taking a headline from a anti-Semitic website and purposely altering it to take out the anti-Semitic parts to say that you're doing the right thing as Paul Gosar did. Yeah, with yeah, Nick, yeah, Nick yeah, 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 yeah. As uh, Paul Gosar did, as Marjorie Taylor Greene did, as Donald Trump did, as uh, Kanye did. Uh, um, saying George Soros is a puppet master, not because you're like, oh, well, you know, he buys all this stuff. No, it's because you, you argue that he's Jewish. Uh, of course. Let's of see. Course. There's just... Those things aren't anti-Semitic. No, um, no, 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 uh, no. Applying that Jews have dual loyalty. Um, that's that's not anti-Semitism. But anyway, they, anyway. they brought him to this hearing to talk about uh, silencing him. This, this is the thing. I think this may be the best example of anything. Every time they complain about somebody being silenced, it's very weird because that person never goes away. They, You can't. You know, uh, they they talk about um, him being silenced. The man went on Fox News that day. He's going on Newsmax tomorrow. He's going out. He'll probably go on a million other podcasts 
in the next week. So, or in so. other words, you're, you've been silenced, but well, you're not really silenced. Yeah. No, if it, when they refer to it, it's basically their ability to just say hateful shit. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It and and then they went into obviously they went into Dr. Biden. Um, it's just it's it's all nonsense. Um, they're they're pulling for this. It's it's just. It, it's just a, a stunt. And I want to remind you that, like, they came in, arguably, they, their argument was, oh, we're going to get inflation under control. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I I cannot tell you a serious bill that they passed. No. Like, like an actual... No, I, I like couldn't an actual, Like, other than the must-pass stuff, like the NDNA raising the debt ceiling, um, <laughs> whenever they shut down and they the government. Fought, and they and, fought the hell the over that stuff. I mean, they just nearly, you know, nearly tried to sink the country instead of doing that correctly, but okay. But, like, other than that, it's like protect gas stoves, which they've had three hearings on. It's defund the IRS. Like, what? Like, there is there are things happening in this country that, like, you can fix like issues. We're in the middle of a massive worker strike just across the board. We have been for years. So siding with labor on some of these things would be popular. Uh, dealing with the fact that Phoenix hasn't been below 110 for a month. Well, it might it, be something worth paying attention to. We, 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 it, one would get the impression, and, and it doesn't take much. All you have to do is get up a little above, you know, your nose pressed down to the, to the floor of the, uh, of, of, of the house and just get, just get high enough in the air to look at votes and look at the nature of the bills that have been brought up by, by the Republicans. Look at anything other than, as you said, the mandatory stuff and, and put, do some kind of categorization. Figure out what the hell's going on. And I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Uh, not that that would matter if I were a Republican. I would make this up. But I, I'm guessing... I'm guessing that if I had the information, we'd find that the vast, 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 vast majority of what's out there is politically oriented, pro-Donald, make things better for Donald, or basically uh, stick it to the libs, the woke, anything that we can do to tear it down, to basically divide the country. The stuff that they promised that you mentioned about taking down inflation and everything else, well, gee, that's... That really is secondary, and thank God there are serious people, like Democrats, especially in the other House, in the Senate, who basically care about this. Thank God there's a president that gives a damn about this stuff. But, well, I guess, see, because they do, we really don't have to. And it's not really our job, is it? And, 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 and base, Trumpian base, you, you wouldn't really... You wouldn't really enjoy us if we weren't just basically putting on a big effing show day by day because that's why you love Donald. He's a show. So we're all part of a show. But as far as the business, the business of government, we you didn't elect us for that, did you? You know, that, that's it's well, sick. Well, they elected it's sick. them to do what Chuck Grassley just did, exactly. which was release the, uh, the FD, was it 1023? Yep. Um which is, and this is important, it is an unverified, it is a report based on unverified sources that the FBI then looks into and decides whether to follow it or not. So yeah. the reason there is no follow-up to it is because it's bullshit, because it doesn't follow a timeline that makes sense. 
and it doesn't attach to anything. You know, because this is just another step. And again, the other thing to point out about this is if Chuck Grassley thought this was real, then he just then he just put a source in uh, a credible source to him in danger or he doesn't think it's real and he's just fucking with people. Yeah. So yeah, either yeah. way he he's yeah. doing this. And again, this thing they've been talking about for a month and every week they they come up with a new thing to be mad at. Remember, Chuck Grassley like 3 weeks ago said that he had tapes David, that's all this is about. It's just keeping it out there. You know this, I know that. And frankly, the base probably knows it too. At least viscerally. At some level, they know that they're just being manipulated, but willingly want to be manipulated. The point here, and I made this point in the first segment of the show, before you came on, (laughs) there is this tendency that we all have to extrapolate outward to what will happen in November of 2024 based on whatever it is that's in front of us today. And I'm making a different argument, and I made it today, and I'll make this again and again. There is a cumulative process here. Why? Because human life, human psychology, and the rules, and the, and the, and the rules that govern governments and countries all follow the same set of rules. Things accumulate, things develop weight, things develop force, and the stuff that the Republicans are putting out there is the type of stuff that through its accumulation will not play well for them over time going forward, especially in light of the of the indictments the upcoming convictions and the sentencings that will be coming up against Donald. We, we have to keep all of that in a larger picture in our heads, but not losing track of the individual things. And that's why uh, you are such a welcomed presence on Center Left Radio uh, uh, every Friday. Uh, D- David, by the way, again, where can people uh, hear you besides Center Left Radio? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Faces Ideas now. Oh, and I hope uh, I hope that you get plenty of people crossing over. I I don't consider it crossing over really, but I hope uh, a lot of center left radio listeners are are listening to you there as well. Uh, thank you once again for a, a wonderful uh, uh, set of thoughts and observations and uh, and extrapolations of your own on what's going on. We need to hear that level of granular detail also, but we need to be aware of where we're going generally and not to, to, to quote Douglas Adams from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, don't panic. And, and while we're not panicking, and since it's Friday, and since it's the end of the show, it's a perfect moment for a little more jazz.
You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. Our own media is constantly pushing us to extrapolate outward from some negative story on a given day and have terrible thoughts about what might actually happen in November of 2024. Don't. Don't panic. Follow the rules of Douglas Adams. Look at this. There are indictments. There are trials. There are convictions. There are penalties that are coming. That is what will make the difference.